You know, the uh, early Christians, they didn't get called Christians until kind of later on once things got established. Up until that time, they were actually called people of the way. And the way was this people who followed the risen Lord Jesus. And I love the sense that it wasn't just a, a destination that they're heading to, but it was this journey that they were on. They were a people of the cross. They were encouraged to take it up and follow the one who had given up his life so that we might have life. And so, friends, we gather as a people of the way here this morning. And there will always be a way. There's always been a way. There's always going to be a way. And a way breaks in today. And we persevere in God's grace. Amen. Amen. Please take a seat. Uh, it's so good to be with you. And Karen, it is so good to have you here in South Australia. I haven't let you out of Western Australia for years and years and years. Still exists over there? Yeah, I hope they let you back in. Yeah, that's right. I hope they let you back in. Uh, Karen is a great friend of mine and a great friend of uh, many people in Australia uh, through her passion for the gospel, but the outstanding leadership that she gives uh, in so many arenas. And it is, we just feel really privileged and honoured to have you here. And we hope you're enjoying the northeastern suburbs of Australia, which is the spiritual centre of Australia. A lot of people haven't realised that yet, but this is what's going on around here. So welcome. So great to have you. Uh, there seem to be a lot of mystery things being shared here this morning. Uh, I just want to let you know that there is the mystery speaker at Easter camp. And so this is for many parents who can get into your high schools, make sure they come along and invite a friend. That on the Sunday and Monday, we have actually given four sessions over to the very Reverend Dr. Dean Brooks. And uh, that uh, is just fantastic. If you want your high schoolers to get clarity and uh, depth in understanding the Christian life and walk and what that looks like over time, then Dean Brooks is the man. And so he's going to be sharing at Easter camp what a great gift he is to our church, Dean Brooks, uh, the minister here for 10 plus years. Uh, of course, my father, wonderful gift to me, but uh, the way in which he is able to in retirement, give back so much. It is an absolute gift to our church. Uh, he's preaching up at Barmer uh, today and is blessing that church there. But when you see him around, just let him know how much you value him and his beautiful wife, Ginny. Okay. Uh, now, after this service, we're also going to just have some time where we're going to be allowing ourselves to saturate ourselves in worship. Uh, we're going to go into that fairly quickly after the service. If you want to uh, head off and you've got to go and be places, that's fine. If you want to gather for another half an hour of just allowing God's great love to wash over you as we enter into a spirit of worship, then hang on around. We'd love to be able to uh, join in and just allow God to minister by his grace to us uh, I want to say hi to half the northeast who are in isolation at the moment. Great that you can tune in with us. I want to say welcome back to those who have got out and hope you can stay out for a period of time as well. Uh, this is uh, just an interesting season. We are working through this uh, beautiful idea of grace and leading right up to Easter. And uh, it is so rich, such a beautiful topic, and it encompasses everything. Someone once said that what grace is, is that our lives actually swim in an ocean of it. That is how we exist, in an ocean of grace, and it comes to us in that way. One of the beautiful things I love about Christian community is that great truths are able to be shared in love to each other as believers gather together. That is one of the purposes of the church, that in the gatherings that we have is that we're able to share truth in love so we might build each other up in faith and even get great truths through. 
Many of you know that I have a very good friend who lives up on the Sunshine Coast. That is a gracious act right there. And uh, we've been great mates since uh, year 11, Christian brothers. And he's got a small Christian community up there which he connects into. And uh, from time to time, I head up there for beautifully gracious given acts that God gives us in some bodyboarding up there. Just, re- just recently, uh, Josiah and I had the opportunity to slip up there and uh, have a weekend catching some you know, warm water waves. I say warm water because we all know what happens around here. You know, it's just freezing all the time. And uh, I went surfing once in August here. And I can tell you, I travelled down to the South Coast. This is with Cheese when we were in high school. This is a side story. And he had just bought his first car, which was a green Corona, and, no, and it had no heating. We went surfing in the winter down the South Coast. My feet got so cold that they went ice-like and numb. I got in the car in Victor. We drove all the way back. I then spent 10 minutes in the shower before my feet thawed out. That's like two and a half hours after I'd got out of the water before I thawed out. That's what it's like. No wonder he's moved to the Sunshine Coast. Good on him, huh? Gracious acts for us. Anyway, Josiah and I were up there and uh, it just gets better because Toomsey, now that he's middle-aged, has bought a jet ski. And when you're young, you can't afford these things. You do all the work paddling. And we went out surfing. There was a bit of a swell coming through. And so there was a, a, a fair big build-up of cars heading in towards the surf spot. Now, we had loaded ourselves up into the car and uh, we'd picked up a couple of the guys. And what was happening is that we were going to drop them off and then we were going to load the jet ski in at, the, at Nooseville and then head out through the heads and get around to where we were surfing. Now, the thing is that you can only fit two on a jet ski, but there were four of us. And so uh, we had to, and the, the build-up of cars getting to the surf break was so long that we dropped Josiah and another guy, Thomas, up high at the lookout so that uh, you know, they had then walked through to where uh, they were surfing and we could then go in and jet ski. Now, the thing is, where we dropped them off was actually a few k's away from the surf break. And Josiah recounts the story with me about what happened. He got out, we dropped him off at the top. He knew that then Toomsie and I were going to head down to the boat ramp, get on the jet ski, have fun getting out. Anyway, he heads off with his gear, walking with Thomas Docking, and he's then walking down this super steep path, and then he has to navigate, you know, kind of all this traffic and people to get to the surf break. And he says to Thomas Docking, because we are walking... We deserve more tow-ins with the jet ski. And Thomas Docking, a beautiful Christian brother, looked at Josiah and he says, mate, we don't deserve anything. Right there, truth was going to come through to Josiah. He says, mate, do you realise just how blessed we are already just to wake up today and breathe? Do you realise how graced we are that today we get to walk through a rainforest before we even get in the water? Josiah's going, oh, great, this is truth. (laughs) I thought I was in for extra rides, that's for sure. But I thought that is beautiful truth come through, showing the beauty of that. Because let's face it, we are graced beyond measure. We don't live that we should be entitled to anything we get. God, the creator of everything, has says, I have breathed breath into you and everything else is gracious 
act and you don't deserve it, but I invite you to experience it freely. What a good God that we have. And friends, as we talk about grace here today, what I want us to understand is that we are not entitled to it. We don't deserve it, but we are offered the free gift of it in such a way that we are to receive it and live in the beauty and the wonder of God's grace towards us. Now, I'm not saying we live kind of in this sense of just being in the dirt. No, we carry that proudly. Say, yeah, we understand that God has graced us and we live gratefully and we live understanding that that has given us life and life in all its fullness and it's an abundance and we receive that. I thought great truths coming through. So we have Christian community so truths can come through in this way. We just sang this beautiful song, The Old Rugged Cross, this sense that God has given up his son so that we might know a life not broken, saved from sin, and in that resurrection of life, a grace that keeps coming to us. And the thing is about grace is this. It is amazing that it saved us, but it is outrageous that it keeps coming, that it keeps on persevering, that it keeps on pouring out from heaven towards us and we are offered the chance to receive it. Grace in persevering for us is the grace that saved us and just keeps coming. Hebrews 12, chapter 2 says this. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He says, you have a race which has been set for you. And there's a grace which came through the cross which has saved you by faith. And you place your faith in Jesus Christ. But there is a grace which allows you to endure and persevere and keep growing in what God has for you. You need to keep understanding that the grace that saved you is the grace that perseveres for you. In fact, Romans 5.20 opens that up a little bit more and it simply says this. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. It's just a beautiful work of Jesus constantly working in and his spirit bringing about his grace in our lives. See, this is the thing as you grow in maturity in the Christian life is you actually become more aware of your sin. You become more aware of how far you've fallen short of the glory of God. And so you go, well, geez, sin abounded, but grace abounds more and more as you realise that in that beautiful journey of repentance back to God, as you keep on saying, Lord, I surrender more to you, you realise how grace perseveres and is abundant in your life. This is the thing. God is so for you. He keeps persevering by his grace towards you and allows us to keep this walk with him growing on and on and on. It's interesting as we think about the maturing process of the believer, we actually see that much of what we see in the Scriptures is God saying, don't give up, keep persevering. We have all these Bible characters. We see the ones who fall short. We see the ones who keep redeeming themselves. We see the ones who press on. And this great movement of 
God's people is God saying, my grace is sufficient. Keep persevering. Keep keeping on. Even when you don't know what is the next step, I go before you. Step out in faith. Don't give up. Persevere. There's a beautiful old hymn called Oh, the Bitter Shame and Sorrow. And it talks about the journey of the Christian life and getting to a place where you absolutely trust God. I'm going to read the four verses and I hope you see the movement of what happens in the Christian life. It starts off with this. Oh, the bitter shame and sorrow that a time could ever be when I let the Saviour's pity plead in vain and proudly answered, all of self and none of thee, all of self and none of thee. Yet he found me, I beheld him, bleeding on the cursed tree, heard him pray, forgive them, Father, and my wistful heart said faintly, some of self and some of thee, some of self and some of thee. And it goes on now, persevering grace. Day by day, his tender mercy, healing, helping, full and free, sweet and strong and oh, so patient, brought me lower while I whispered, less of self and more of thee, less of self and more of thee, and higher than the highest heavens, deeper than the deepest sea. Lord, thy love at last has conquered. Grant me now my heart's petition, none of self and all of thee. None of self and all of thee. We sing these words, we're actually saying, Lord, I want my identity to be caught up in your identity. I don't want to live entitled to things which I think I should all have. But in my discovery of who I fully am, it's going to be in a trusting of your amazing grace and an outrageous grace that it will shape and form me into the person that you called me to be. It is a deep trusting and it can only come because there is a grace that perseveres into your life. Perseverance, staying on. God perseveres with us and he simply says, come and I will sustain you and take you forward and grow you up. It's interesting when we think about the maturing process that it is what God does in persevering with us and when we don't give up is that we find that we are being shaped and refined and made more into his image. John 15 and the true vine talks about this whole idea of of abiding in the Lord, that we, he is the vine and we are the branches and we're grafted in. And anything which doesn't bear fruit, it's cut and thrown away. But that even which does bear fruit actually is pruned so that it will bear even more fruit. So whatever the case is, whether you don't need it, it's going to get thrown away, or even if it's good, you're going to be refined in the persistent work of God in your life. And we allow that shaping to take place so that we can bear great fruit. And a fruit, the scripture says, that will last, will have a legacy. Now, something for it to last has to be shaped over a period of time. How good is it that we live close to the Barossa Valley? 50 minutes away from us, apparently. If you go and talk to any winemaker, they're talking about the different types of wine. This is so I've heard. What they will say is that 
Oh, that's from a young vine. But that one there, which is a, well, that's an expensive bottle and, uh, you know, you've got to pay for that tasting. But they'll say that bottle there is from those vines which were the original vines. They're up over the hill. It's just a small patch. But they, they say, look, those mature vines, they produce the best grapes. They're the ones which have stood the test of time. They've been pruned every year and they produce a good fruit. Friends, when we know that God persists with us and we persist with him, we're actually growing into being great and excellent and beautiful grapes that will bear fruit and make glorious wine, if you like. It's why I love the fact that we're an all-generations church. We have people starting out in faith. We've got people who have you know, walked with Jesus the whole time and, and we see that what is, comes across is this beautiful sense of people saying, yes, when you're pruned, it's not the end. You don't need to run away. You can allow God to shape you and you'll learn from that. In fact, there's a grace that comes when you get shaped and formed and whatever life circumstance that you've had and you've reflected and grown through it and haven't walked away from Jesus and it's formed you, then that grace can be used for other things. That grace can be used for ministry. And we have a church which allows that to be shared across the board. Each one of us, from that moment when we were saved to that moment where we're walking and deciding to keep on persisting, walking with the Lord and allowing his persistent grace to keep shaping us, finds ourselves growing into this place where there is fruit which is being born which will last and will make a difference. Perseverance is seeing it through. I love it how Charles Spurgeon wrote it. He said, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. Think about that for a minute. You know, sometimes we want to quit too soon. We're having a bad day. We want to walk away. We say, I'm going to stop pressing into the Lord because I don't think he's hearing my prayer. And the Lord says, look, when you think he's not here and he's, that's when I'm carrying you. That's when I'm holding you. There's something which you can learn here. There's something which you can grow in. And his grace is persistent with us. Friends, your testimony is not just of your salvation, but it is the continuity of your responding and living in the grace of God. Generous, abundant, shaping and forming you, coming to you often, not just once, but abundantly. And whenever we call upon it, we swim in that ocean and Jesus meets with us. Persevering grace, friends, shapes and forms us. But not only that, it gives us confidence to shape and to face tomorrow when we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We live in those days right now. It's not just mystery speakers. It's a mystery crisis or mystery which directions it's going to go. What's going to happen? But when you know the grace of God, when you have a surety about who Jesus is in your life, then you can face tomorrow no matter what it will bring. I'm going to invite Karen to come and share with us this morning about what it means to have a persevering grace when you don't know what tomorrow will bring. Let's welcome Karen here this morning. Thank you again, Karen, for being with us. It's a pleasure. And, uh, yeah. I mean, 
for leaders in, you know, who have been having to navigate a changing world, as much as you had all those global titles, everything's been done through Zoom and yep. everything, is that right? Absolutely. <laughs> and you took over even the leadership of the Global yeah. Leadership Network right on the cusp of uh, everything changing. And uh, just Yeah, what I thought bit. I was saying yes to is not what I yeah, that's right. said yes to. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I was sitting there thinking Kynan, um, Kynan's on the board for the Global Leadership Network Australia and it was February last year, right in the middle of this craziness, that um, we'd come with a great plan forward and you had patiently listened for about an hour online with the rest of the board and it was just one thing you said, you're like, can we just consider something different? Remember the local comment? Oh, yeah, yeah. So he actually went, I'm really tired of all this kind of big stuff. Could we just go local? Oh, man. At which point I melted and went, are you joking? <laughs> but you know what? That put in place the entire strategy for how the Global Leadership Summit's run now, not just in Australia, but that thing is going across the entire world. We are training and coaching countries just from one comment and just Kynan's humble service in that space over many years, you guys are really blessed um, to have a leader like that. But also we're blessed to be friends, work together. Um, in that space, I have so many meetings every day on Zoom. Yeah, I'd rather be travelling, to be yeah, honest. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I remember a couple of weeks ago talking with a young girl. It was a prayer meeting. We have a global prayer meeting every Wednesday morning at 8 o'clock that some of the world can get to with time zone. And we just stayed a little later, a bit like what you're going to do this morning. I cannot mm. wait for that 30 minutes. Mm. That's kind of my primary, primary pathway to God is through worship. But I stayed a little later and there's this girl and her name on the screen was Esther. And she stayed a little later. And I said, hey, Esther, how are you doing? She was from Myanmar. Now we know what's happening in the Ukraine, but a year ago in Myanmar, the military mm. coup, there were pastors that were shot and mm. they're still in prison over there. And, and she unmuted and just said, I'm in the jungle. I've been here for a year, but I got some power to, in, to load up my phone so I could join the prayer meeting this morning. Wow. What do you do with that? Yeah. I'm sitting in my house in Perth, having mm -hmm. a cup of tea. Yep. Lamenting the aircon that had to be on, you know, <laughs> life's tough for me. Right. Not really. And mm. I stayed and prayed yeah. with Esther and got off the call and just paused in what you've been talking about this morning the persevering faith mm -hmm. as a follower of Jesus hiding in the jungle for a, a year, yet couldn't wait for a prayer meeting. Yeah, man. You know, um, in the middle of COVID, my father in law passed away. And three years ago, dad was put into a dementia ward mm. at one of the Church of Christ homes in uh, Perth. And as much as the global pandemic and all of the global needs um, arrest us and stop us, in our own lives we have that stuff too. And it was a year ago, just over a year, that uh, we got a call from this place where Dad was. He was in the locked ward. He didn't know much every day of what was going on. The tragedy was... He was the CEO of Church of Christ Homes all his life. That was his job. So when we took him and admitted him in, it was such a grief mm. to, for him to then to be in one of the wards that he had been the leader of for most of his life. And we got a call on a Tuesday morning and they just said, um, you know, your father is uh, in his last days. We're just putting him to palliative care. Now, Dad hadn't had a cohesive conversation with us for a long time. 
So my husband and I, um, we rushed over to the nursing home and walked in the door and he looked at us. He goes, hi, Mark. Hi, Karen. We're like, hi, Dad. And he goes, come in. I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> and I sat down by his bed and Mark sat on the other side. It was just the two of us and not all of our family are Christians. So we had this sacred moment. And he goes, I'm going home. Now, my husband just was sobbing. And I took his hand and I just said, I I think you are. And then he looked at the end of his bed and he goes, tell them I'm 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 coming. And we're looking at the end of the bed. And anyway, and he just said, I think I'm going to be celebrating. I wish I could have done more. Don't you think I should have done more, Lord? Mm. And I'm like, so Jesus literally was sitting on the end of his bed. Wow. And we're having this conversation and we were talking about his life and all of the roles. He, it was the most aware he'd been in months and months and months. Mm. My son and daughter-in-law came in and said, can we just um, have some time with Grandpa? And they told him, which they hadn't told us, they were pregnant. And they told us after he'd passed on the Saturday that um, Dad just gathered them and said, I'm going to pray for you and pray for little Zoe and pray for this little baby and had this moment of blessing from a grandfather to his grandchildren and great-grandchildren. How does that happen? Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Grace. I mean. A life walked faithfully mm-hmm. in the footsteps of Jesus all his life, a gracious gift to our family. That's how I remember Dad now, not as the person that didn't know me, but in mm-hmm. this coherent, we had three or four hours of just right? beautiful conversation. Yeah. So when you talk about persevering, I, for one, to the day I draw my last breath, I'm going to walk faithfully with Jesus. You're not going to find me turning my back on that Mm -hmm. or walking away. And I'm going to model that to my children, to my grandchildren. I've had it modelled by my parents. And my encouragement to you today is to trust God in every moment. Tomorrow may not be better, but his grace is sufficient for tomorrow. And I have lived that. I do live that daily. And I know it to be true. And I love that this is a church that also celebrates that. Thank you, Kynan, so much. Thank you, Karen, for sharing with us. So to finish here this morning, God perseveres with you. You never need to doubt that. His grace will keep on coming. It's a steady stream into your life. The invitation is to let God persevere with you, to minister his grace to you. And where is it that that might be needed this morning? You say, Lord, just come and persevere in this area right now. Whether it's something which is troubling your heart, whether it's a situation you need breakthrough in, whether it's something which you are carrying, let the grace of God come to you. Then I'd encourage you is to persist beautifully with the Lord. Keep growing in your character. Keep being refined. Keep saying, yes, I'm available. I'm surrendered. Use me, Lord. You know, God takes everything that we've been through and he redeems it for his purposes. You have a ministry of grace to share. Maybe it is that you need a fresh refreshing of God's grace in your life. Stay on for some worship then. Or it is that you might think, you know what? I just feel like quitting, giving up. Look, God might be saying, persevere right now. 
I've got something beautiful on the other side, which I'm shaping and forming within you. Let the Lord allow himself to persevere in an abundant grace towards you and simply be one of his children and receive that and be shaped by it here this morning. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. It's outrageous, O oh God, that there'd be a grace which sustains, but not only that, is given in such a way that it can be used for your wonderful purposes and glory and you would touch us by it. We praise you for our salvation, that we were lost but now being found and so amazing that is. We thank you that we can keep on receiving that salvation grace, and it perseveres in our lives, saving us from sin, but being used in us to form us for your glory. Lord, we thank you that it's by grace that your church here even exists. And I thank you for the faithfulness of your people here who know the depth of your grace. Lord, may we... Always see as grace as fulfilling the law and a way in which we can live freely within it. We praise you, God. We lift you high. And, and Jesus, there is no turning back. We'll follow you. And all of God's people said, Amen. Friends, let us stand together and we're going to close with a, a beautiful song. We've touched on some classics this morning of a rich history, don't we? It is well with my soul. It is well. Let these words wash over you in the spirit of the living God fill you afresh here this morning.